This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. And welcome to a special episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. My name is Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat, And we were initially going to put this segment into our last episode of the Tip of the Iceberg, our Thursday episode on March 10th. But we talked a lot in the first segment about Penn's Panthers. We talked a lot about trade deadlines. So you know what? Let's review the Sidney Crosby audiobook in a separate episode, a special episode of the Tip of the Iceberg Horwat, you just listened to this on your drive back from South Carolina. I listened to it last Friday, all in one sitting. Before we get into the nitty-gritty and some of our overall thoughts and some of the stories that we had from it, what were your overall thoughts on this four-hour audiobook from Audible? It's fun stuff. I didn't think it was the greatest gift gift ever, but I mean, it's still more than what we normally get from Crosby, right? I think that yeah. was the big takeaway right away. And Joe Manganiello said that in the beginning. It was Sidney Crosby's like well known as the guy who doesn't let you into his life too much. And I forget what the exact wording was, but he said, "But he's allowing us in. He's allowing Audible, me, and all the producers into this time of his career and his life that uh, changed so much for him, the team, and the city. Mm-hmm. So it was impressive to see that." As Crosby gets older, we're, we're starting to peel back the layers here. Yeah. And it's really getting fun. You know, as his career goes on, we're starting to learn more about him. We're starting to learn about the history, the story of his career. And I said it when we first discussed the audiobook uh, last Thursday. It's fun getting an in depth look at one of the. I don't know. How did I put it? I forget now. One of the. Lo- it doesn't get talked about as much. His rookie season doesn't get talked about as much mm-hmm. because he didn't win the Calder. Yeah. But he did put up 100 points. But it was in a non-playoff year but it was a growing year but then again we don't look back at it as Sidney Crosby's award-winning rookie season no we just look at it as that was his rookie season he put up 100 points look what he did the next year Mm -hmm. yeah no I I really enjoyed this I thought honestly it's something that I don't really ever listen to audiobooks I like a little bit shorter of of a podcast format like a 30 minutes to one hour kind of thing but I really did enjoy listening to this. I thought it was cool hearing from, you know, some obscure penguins of the past, like Matt Murley, and a little bit less obscure, but, uh, you know, like Colby Armstrong and Ryan Whitney, who were more obscure to the newer generation of Pens fans, but realistically, like, idols to people in our age bracket. But I also, like, wanted to shout out Colby Armstrong, who was a, he got a producing credit for this. He was a producer on this show. I thought that was cool. Also, a shout out. To the writer and producer of it, Neely Lohman. She is an award-winning uh, audiobook producer. So cool that she was able to get into this. And then also a shout-out to Joe Manganiello, who did a great job uh, narrating this. I really enjoyed all of it. I did laugh out loud the first time they had Mark Madden on. I was like, why Why is that the go-to? But you know what? Honestly, it makes sense because the guy has been around the team longer than basically anybody. Yeah. It's, it's hard to... Uh not acknowledge the kind of impact Mark Mann has had with this team over the years, especially recently, mm-hmm. especially in these past 15 years, the Crosby era, the Lemieux era. Mark Mann's been all over this team, no matter what way you look at it. And it makes sense that he's kind of, he's not the go-to Penguin historian, if you will, mm-hmm. but he's a name that knows uh, his stuff. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to Penguin's history and this sort of stuff. Um, and plus, 
he still gets interviews with uh, GMs, players, mm-hmm. Penguins personnel all the time. Yeah. So whatever he's doing, he's doing right, and it hasn't turned the Penguins off yet. See, Mar- so. Yeah. See, Mark Madden is Mark Madden. I don't want to mind this any further than this comment, but social media Mark Madden, not great. Current opinions mark madden about the current team not great but when it comes to penguins historians there are not many people that are more reliable than mark madden when it comes to talking about the history of the pittsburgh penguins that's how i feel about him but let's jump into some of the stuff obviously we're not going to talk about the entirety of it because if you want to listen to it go download audible do exactly what i did get the free trial listen to it and then get rid of the free trial sorry audible but i i can't afford to to keep that especially when i don't really listen to audiobooks but I do want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff and some of the things that it made me feel and obviously just kind of mind back to that time, which we were very young at the time. We were nine, ten years old at the time when all this was happening. So the very impetus of our Pittsburgh Penguins fandom. So where it, this all started was the draft lottery. Sidney Crosby, obviously, we all know his favorite team was Montreal. His favorite player was Steve Eisenman, but he wanted to be drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. I didn't remember how close it was. They were down to like eight or seven teams and Montreal was still in there. And then that went away. And then you think about the fact that the final two were the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Horwat, can you imagine how much history would be different of the NHL, of both of these franchises, if Sidney Crosby would have went to Southern California instead of Western Pennsylvania? It would have been wild, especially considering that draft was not the brightest or best of NHL drafts coming out of a lockout year. Mm-hmm. Ovechkin and Malkin had gone the year before, so the Penguins would have had Malkin to fall back on already. Yes. But that's not the franchise saver of Sidney Crosby because that was the big benefit of getting Sidney Crosby at that time. Mm-hmm. It, it was the fact that the Penguins were on the verge of playing in Kansas City or folding. They were, once again, in financial hell. They were not selling tickets Mm -hmm. at all. It took, I mean, yeah, we, again, we had Malkin in the system, but we had to get him out of Russia. He didn't, he wouldn't play for another year. Mm -hmm. We had to sneak him out. We didn't have, we also, again, it's always hindsight 2020. We don't know what history would have looked like with just a Malkin penguin, penguins. Yep. Interesting thought, but it's not what we got. And, Let's say Crosby doesn't come. Evgeny Malkin's probably the captain of the Kansas City Penguins, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But even looking at the other side of things, like for the Ducks, Crosby would have immediately played with Chris Kunitz and Peter Sikora instead of Ooh. waiting until the middle, until waiting till like the, the third or fourth year of his career. He would have immediately been on a team with Chris Kunitz and Peter Sikora, which is a, a fun little fact, not to mention the fact that he would also have been playing with Corey Perry and Timu Solani. So, again, wild revisionist history here. The 2000, that was what, 2005? Yes. They won the cup that year, did they not? They won the cup no, in 2007. The they won the cup, they won, they won the cup Sidney Crosby's second year, but they were a cup team in 2006. They were, they were a team that could have, like they had a lot of the same pieces there. Imagine if they would have added Sidney Crosby to that. Not only that, but think about the state of hockey because Anaheim won in 2007. And that kind of set off a fire in Southern California where all of a sudden the San Jose Sharks 
are really good for a really long time. Then you have the LA Kings. They won two Stanley Cups shortly thereafter. Imagine if Sidney Crosby, one of the most marketable stars in the history of the league, was in Southern California. It would have changed everything. I don't even know what it would have looked like, but it would have looked much, much different. Of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins on their side. Who knows if Malkin ever comes over? That's true, too. Who knows if Malkin sees the Penguins, how bad they would have been without Crosby that year. Who knows if Malkin's like, I don't know if it's worth it to go over. You never know. Like, you can't get into the mind of Evgeny Malkin from 2006. But a lot of things would have looked different, especially for both of these teams, especially. Yeah, that that's another. Just this got it. This just the discussion of the revisionist history of this draft mm-hmm. on both sides of the coin here. Oh, I, that's that's a whole new podcast episode in and of itself. Right? Just thinking Sidney Crosby on that Mighty Ducks team. The the audiobook discussed at nauseum. I I also don't remember that many comparisons of Crosby to Gretzky. I don't. Uh, I, I, I guess because he came to Pittsburgh, I remember more of the Lemieux ones. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him being called the next Gretzky, but again, you know where Wayne Gretzky played? Right up the road from Anaheim. Yeah. So there you go. You've got Gretzky 2.0 in Southern California. Who knows what kind of process that's going to take on the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and by state, I mean the state of California and the game of hockey. Does it grow a little more there? Do, is there all of a sudden a team in Sacramento? Like, does it, does the, does the stuff grow there? Does Phoenix get moved to Sacramento? You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. uh, again, galaxy braining this. Yeah, exactly. Like but there's... the revisionist history is so wild of what could have been if the quote-unquote from this audiobook, the next Gretzky, played in Southern California mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, and then went on to win a cup in his second year, assuming he helps. And you know, what's even funnier, the Ducks lost in the conference final that year. Yeah. They could have won back-to-back cups. They could have won that one. Yeah. With Sid there, maybe they win that one because he and Kunitz take off right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, then again, then we get then the Penguins get Ryan Whitney toward the downfall of his career. Love that for us. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Penguins at that point, you look at who went second and third overall in that draft. The Penguins, if they were second, probably would have ended up going with the American Bobby Ryan. And, and hey, you know what? For what it's worth, he wasn't a terrible player. It's just a matter of place and time and. Bobby Ryan, you know, was a champion somewhere, mm-hmm. and just, it's hard to really pinpoint that sort of thing, you know? Also, I don't see Bobby Ryan's name on the cup-winning roster, so I forget what he did now. That being said. I don't remember. It's just, it's all revisionist history that is so much fun to talk about, though. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they, they started out talking about, you know, the draft lottery when the Penguins finally got the next one, which was Sidney Crosby at that point. Do you remember where you were at when the Penguins won the draft lottery? Like, do you have a, a Sidney Crosby draft lottery day story? No. You, My you guess don't. is just I was at home. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, I can remember, because we were season ticket holders at the time, I can remember we were sent like that that silver envelope with the one on it i can remember for a long time i had like they sent all the season ticket holders once like the silver envelope with a one and had like a penguin logo on the inside and it said like it was like a thing on Sidney crosby i remember i had that for a long time but i don't remember exactly where i was when it happened mm-hmm. or any of the details about it i just kind of remember we got him yeah <laughs> yay yeah i vividly remember where i was at at that day uh, i was at my childhood friend's grandparents swimming in the pool and me and my friend were swimming 
jumping off the diving board, having a great time because it's the middle of the summer. And the NHL wasn't a thing the year prior. And then all of a sudden, his older brother, Ryan, who was one of the main reasons that I got into hockey, Ryan Flick, he comes hauling ass out of his grandmother's house, sprinting, flailing his arms around. We got Crosby! We got Crosby! And at that point, I'm 10 years old. I've heard of it. I was like, that's really cool. I had no idea what was about to happen for the next 16, 17 years of my life. How much watching this guy play would grow my love for the sport of hockey. So from that moment on is really like the beginning of me realizing how big of a fan I was. Like, obviously I had watched games before. I had watched how bad those teams were before the lockout. It didn't devastate me that the the league was shut down because I was eight years old. I wasn't quite as into it yet. But at that point and from that point on, my hockey fandom grew to the point where now I'm doing a podcast about this guy 16 years later. So I vividly remember where I was. I vividly, vividly remember how it happened. I didn't actually watch it on TV. Ryan did, but he definitely relayed that to me and Kyle who were jumping off the diving board into the pool. Yeah, no, it's it's so interesting to think about. And what's even wilder is um, if you think back, they were talking about how Lemieux mentioned that at the time, the Penguins financially were in shambles. They had to sell off guys like Yager, and I, I don't think he said Kovalev, but Yager's the big one. Mm-hmm. There, that was in 2001, the Yagers had to sell off uh, Yarmir Yager. Four years later, Sidney Crosby was here. Does that not seem like two different eras of hockey? Entirely. Four years. Four years. We've been, have, we had this, we've been talking in front of microphones about the Penguins for four years. Mm-hmm. I just, four years is a long time, really, but it doesn't seem like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, that was one of the other thoughts I had at the beginning of that whole, of the audiobook was they discussed the selling off of the players and Yager was one of them. And I just thought four years, Yager was still in the NHL. Let's say the Penguins weren't in financial shambles. You're telling me we could have had Yager, Crosby, Malkins in there. Yeah. If they were at a better financial standing, could have kept their star players. Yeah. Well, that and also, if they kept Yager, there's no way they, they would have been, been winning. They would not yes. have been lo- like bad enough to probably draft guys like Flurry and Malkin. So you probably would have gotten Yager and Crosby, but probably wouldn't have had the other pieces. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customer a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
I just thought it was fun to mine that a little bit, the draft day stories. They obviously went on and talked about a lot of things. According to Troy Crosby, Sid's dad, he was never a bender, so that's good to know. You know, you kind of assumed it with the monster legs that he has and the skating ability that he has. Naturally strong ankles, good to know. He was ne- Sidney Crosby was never a bender. You will not find any footage of him with his ankles bent in looking like they're holding on for dear life. That, I thought that was interesting. You've seen the way he's on his edges. Those men's, that man's ankles have never gone at an angle. <laughs> no. Okay. Unless it statistically increased his advantage on the ice, I don't think his ankles would ever bend like that. Except for the time he broke it. Well, high ankle sprain. Ah, he didn't break it looked it. gross. He didn't break it. It looked gross. But uh, so that was something I found interesting. I'm just going down through my notes whenever I, I listen to it. The infamous dryer. We've heard all these stories about Sidney Crosby's dryer. First of all, I think it's really funny that it's now in a Hall of Fame. It's in the Halifax Hall of Fame. And I started looking around. And I was like, if I'm ever famous one day, not going to happen. But if I'm ever famous one day, what random inanimate object around my apartment is just randomly going to end up in, like, say, the Johnstown Hall of Fame? Look, I want you to do the same thing. Pick a random object that if you were to become famous let's say for sports casting or for journalism for sports what random object that has nothing to actually do like the dryer theoretically has nothing to do with hockey for me i look around i'm like maybe the vinyl player over there that dash my cat scratched up really like it's it's my fiance's vinyl player but dash scratched up maybe that goes into a hall of fame for some unorthodox reason i got nothing you got nothing (laughs) nothing Cause I'm just looking around here. I'm like, what? Maybe a hat? Maybe I wear hats a lot. I have many hats. Maybe a pair of shoes. I, Cause I, I know, I know where you're getting from. It's like the fact that um, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Jimi Hendrix's couch is there. Exactly. Like what? Like you're, th- you're thinking because you're looking at the couch. Like Jimi Hendrix sat on that couch and maybe wrote Purple Haze. I don't know. Maybe. So <laughs> it's that's the kind of thought process that I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. Is like, well, you're trying to think. It's like that um, dryer, which. Became stuff of Pittsburgh legend. Yes, and uh, we've only ever heard about the dryer growing up. Mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of I've, I've got I've I've grown old of that story, mm-hmm. but it's fun. It is interesting. I do love that Max Talbot and Sidney Crosby made a whole commercial about it. Yes, um, but yeah, it's goofy shit like that that just gets in a hall of that just gets in a local hall of fame. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like my printer that doesn't really work. Maybe, but I am changing my answer. I did just think about it, and this is a deep cut for hockey podcast network followers. The empty bottle of Pink Whitney from my one appearance on After Hours. That would certainly be in a Hall of Fame. Still have that same bottle. (laughs) I don't have that same bottle. No, that bottle was crushed in that three-hour sitting and was probably burned alive. But if I had it, that's what it would be. You know what? Here, my old chair. Does that count? My old chair. Yes, yeah. There we go. Or the can of WD-40 that saved this one. Exactly. Random stuff. Like I said, randomly... The dryer of Sidney Crosby's childhood home is now in the Halifax Hall of Fame. That's crazy. But the one thing other than that that I, I realized about this this infamous dryer, they said it was still in use a few, few years after Sid was in the league. Sidney Crosby, what a spoiled little brat. You destroy your family's dryer to the point where it is a fire hazard. You're in the league for a couple years. The least you could do is buy him a new GD dryer. What a spoiled little brat. Only thinking about himself. Doesn't even pay rent at the Lemieux household. And he can't even buy his family a new dryer. They have to use this fire hazard one in his basement still. Four years later. That's just horrific. 
horrific. I see why people hate the guy. Oh, that's blue collar right there. That's tough. <laughs> Clearly, everything I was saying is exaggerated, but I thought that was hilarious. I was like, wait a minute. This kid, literally, this was the topic. And if you were in Pittsburgh and a fan of the Penguins at the time that he was like a rookie until like six years into his career, the dryer was Maybe a topic more. of conversation. You're telling me this guy wasn't like, Maybe I should, you know, buy my family a new dryer. Nope, they keep this absolutely demolished one that ends up being a fire hazard. Maybe more than six years because the the uh, kid zone at, back then, Consol Energy Center, mm-hmm. the kid zone had a dryer set up that kids <laughs> could shoot into. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it till, still to this day, clearly it gets talked about. Yes. And it, if not talked about, at least it is in the minds of most Penguins fans. Yet this kid couldn't buy his, his family a damn dryer. I don't know. I I thought it was hilarious. Um, other than that, you mentioned last week before we even listened to it that this team was a cup favorite and how hilariously funny people thought that this team was going to be a cup favorite just simply because they had Crosby, they had Lemieux, they had Recky. Which honestly, you look at the names and some of them, you look at it and say, "Wow, yeah, this team." And especially considering Crosby, he performed that year. Like he had over a hundred points. Now nobody could have foreseen. Mario Lemieux ending his career just 40 games into the season, but still there was a lot of hopes for this team. And then they were just hilariously immediately not coming true because they started off so poor. So you tell me, I hockey reference has the preseason odds for the, for the penguins that year. And I just don't know if this is good or bad. I don't know what everyone else looked at, but they were a plus 1200 to win the cup. Yeah. I mean, it's long odds, but it's much higher than that team should have had. Oh, yeah. I feel, of course, it's long odds. It's the preseason odds when all 30 teams still have a chance. So yeah. it even it balances out somewhere. But I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for that, Oh, they have, I have the whole, all years here. For what it's worth, that was relatively high, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six. Only seven teams had lower odds, right? High, better odds better odds like yeah that's what you want like plus 500 was the flyers that year yeah that was the lowest okay so yeah yeah you know what that's a those are long odds but let me tell you hey seventh good odds seventh best odds in the nhl just because you drafted a guy that is 18 years of age shows you how much hype he had coming into the league and also shows you how much respect the league still had for mario lemieux and also, just you mentioned some of the names that were on that team. Mark Recchi, John LeClaire, Ryan Malone was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Ziggy Palfrey before he just kind of turned into a ghost and left literally after 42 games. Yeah. Ryan Whitney was still a fifth overall pick. Do we all forget that? Um, who else was on this team? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not much, but it just that team was wild. Yeah. And clearly, you, br- you brought on guys like Murley and... Uh, Whitney, not because they were good players, especially Matt Murley, not because they were good players, but because this team, like they talked about at the toward the end of the audiobook, they were winning, but you know what they were doing is having a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. And the crowd was finally there because they're watching these guys are just having fun for a year. Mm-hmm. They sucked. They started 0 and 8, right? Yeah, something like yeah. that. 0 and 8, 0 and 9, they sucked. They were terrible. But you know what? They were having fun. Yeah. And they had Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and Sidney Crosby was a fun guy to watch, not only because he was producing points, but also because of his antics. I mean, he got into the whole, yeah, referees didn't really like me. And, of course, it all circled around the Pens versus Flyers game where Darian Hatcher absolutely buried Sidney Crosby and didn't get a penalty for it. And then Crosby took a penalty 
in the other end because he's going after the referees. They talked about all this. It was such a fun audiobook to revisit some of those things. Obviously, we were young when we saw that game. We didn't know any of the inside stuff. We just thought, holy crap, Sidney Crosby's bleeding from the mouth. Darian Hatcher's beating the crap out of him. And then he goes and scores that overtime winner in Philly. And as you said, Philly was the cup favorite that year. Philly was very good. And it goes back to the fact that when it's Penn's Flyers, when it's Penguins Capitals, doesn't matter which team is good and if which team is bad, it's going to be a close one no matter what. And it all started back then with the Crosby and absolutely horrible Pittsburgh Penguins team taking on the cup favorite Philadelphia Flyers in Philly and and being able to beat them. I think, I think that was in the Wachovia Center at that point. So I think stories like that, of course, were throughout this entire audiobook. I, I love listening to, to the point of view from guys like Colby Armstrong, Matt Murley, Whitney, of course. Uh, Bugsy was hilarious because Bugsy oh, yeah. played with Crosby. And he's just basically like, yeah, I mean, he would say stuff like that and we'd look at him and be like, you can't really. I mean, he and they all honestly came to his defense and said, he's 18 years old, he has all this pressure, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Because at the time, you could kick the shit out of people. And that was a time in the league also where you had to earn your stripes. That doesn't really happen anymore. Young players don't really have to go through the shit that they had to back then. So I thought it was very, obviously, how different the game has become. It was fun to revisit the way the game used to be back in 2005, 2006, right after the NHL lockout had ended. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned that it was probably the highest penalized season on record, Mm -hmm. but you still had to fight your way into the league, kind of still fight your way to get respect through uh, your peers and through the officials. So it was just a transition era for the, for the league and, Crosby and Ovechkin, because we had that chapter, uh, were definitely focal points of it. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So I do have one more note that I want to talk about here, but I kind of want to save that for last. So is there anything else that that you took from that that you want to discuss here on this forum? Uh, uh, Not too much. I just know that it's fun hearing things like this. I feel like more athletes, celebrities, they need to pick up this sort of thing. It's why podcasts are so popular, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. You, these interviews that some celebrities are going on some podcasts and just talk about nonsense or give you deep in-depth dives on you know one thing or another in this situation it was you know Crosby in his rookie season one of the most underutilized seasons of his career so more of this is what's going to be entertaining and I think Crosby's going to break out of his shell and do more of this we're going to get a lot more of this in the future I think yeah, I mean, what else is he going to have to do after he retires? He might he might fade away and not be seen other than if the Penguins get into the playoffs, he'll come and sit in Mario's box with him. But maybe he does more stuff like this. And as you mentioned, I mean, people thrive on this. The love that sports fans have for their teams, they want to get to know the guys that they've been cheering for because they have that weird type of love for them, even though they've never met them. They want to get to know them. They want to hear the stories. And that's why stuff like this instantly catches the eyes of everybody. So I thought it was really well done. I, I could have had a little bit more of it, honestly. I could have gone for a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I thought it was really well done and I thought it was really entertaining. And it's something that, like, I look back at things. I want to hear an audio book or even a real book. Like, I'll read a real book about Evgeny Malkin's from draft until his first game. That time period, that could be a movie. Like, I want to see stuff like that. And I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to see stuff, like you said, we're probably going to see more of that stuff going forward, especially once these guys come to the ends of their careers. Yeah, I think, especially Crosby, he's just so focused on 
the game and winning and that's mm-hmm. um it took him to win three cups to kind of pull start pulling the curtain back a little and go i've done it all i've done it all i can start letting you into my life a little uh here's me getting in getting a big interview on spitting chicklets here's me doing an audiobook mm-hmm. we're he's starting to ease back a little bit it's very nice he's still obviously hell-bent and focused on winning but just a different aspect of his life now yeah the last thing i did want to mention about this and realistically, they talked about Sidney Crosby in Canada and the craze that it was at the very beginning of his career. It's still a craze to this day, and it just made me realize that watching Sidney Crosby play live and in person in Canada is something that should be on my hockey bucket list. And it is now on my hockey bucket list, the list that I probably will never enact upon. But if I enact upon any of these things, I want it to be seeing Sidney Crosby play in Montreal, in Toronto, honestly, anywhere but on anywhere but Ottawa. But realistically, I, I want to see Sidney Crosby play in Canada and see what that fanfare is like to this point. I mean, if it's in his last season, can you imagine what that's going to be like? Because they already talked about, I mean, Colby Armstrong especially talked about what it was like in his first season. Tom McMillan talked about what it was like, how he was getting recognized simply because he would be on certain videos on TV next to Crosby. Can you imagine what it would be like on his final season in Canada? That's that's when I want to see Crosby in Canada is his final season. I think that's something that not a lot of people realize what that's like, and I really would like to do it. And our, our Canadian listeners, they obviously, some of them, probably most of them, have had the experience of seeing what happens when Crosby visits Canadian cities. But I think that's something, as a Penguins fan, that we we should, at least I am, putting on my hockey bucket list. That's totally fair. I think we discuss Crosby as such a under-the-radar sort of human being outside of the rink. That's you. You you mentioned these last this his last season things. Anytime an athlete says this will be my last season, it's the farewell tour. Is Crosby going to have an announcement like that? Is he gonna? I don't think Crosby's the kind of guy that will say this is it. I think it, we're just gonna wrap up a season. A few weeks in, he's just gonna hey calling it that's it it's gonna be the tom brady <laughs> yeah just i'm out of here peace i've done my due diligence i'll see you in three years when i get inducted or however many years it is five five pretty well, sure time flies something like time that. flies unless they wave it for him they honestly might they might they wave might. it for him and they might wave it for ovechkin because i mean they're, they have they, to they, wave it if they do it for sid they have to for ovechkin yeah but, but also honestly tires first I don't know. The one, I guess the one thing I did think about also in this, and I wasn't going to bring it up because I completely forgot about it until now. Ben Roethlisberger just retired in when he's 40. Mary Lemieux in that season was 40 when he retired. I'm thinking we get Sidney Crosby till he's 40. That's all I'm saying. I think we, that's what we get. We see Crosby till he's 40. And and then he's done. I mean, he's, he's signed for how many more years right now? He's up up when he's 37, right? Yeah. He'll sign a three-year deal and that'll be it. (laughs) The three-year, $900,000. Because you know Sid will take the pay cut. Oh, yeah. You know Sid will take that pay cut. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, he's he is still... He, for, currently, as we're recording this, he's on a four-game goal streak. <laughs> he's over a point Stupid. a game again. And he's, what, 34, 35? So, yeah, he's probably going to play till he's, he's 40, and he's probably still going to be pretty dang good when he's 40. God, that'll be fun. He's going to, I think he's going to go until the wheels fall off, honestly. Who knows? We'll see. We shall see. These are all future talks that none of us want to have. Yes. Nor do we know how to predict. Yeah, exactly. 
So that's going to do it for this quick little special episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, reviewing Sidney Crosby Rookie Year, an Audible original narrated by Joe Manganiello, produced by Neely Lohman, and also quick shout out to to Colby Armstrong once again. But that's going to do it for this one. We hope you enjoyed this special episode. We'll be back on Monday with your regularly scheduled Tip of the Iceberg podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.